everybody. This is Kate. And this is Mr. Ray. And welcome to the Popcorn and Nacho Podcast. Where we talk all films you should see ASAP. So this week we're going to be focusing on one of our probably favorite recent, I guess you would call it a horror movie. It is a horror movie. It is uh, But based movie. on the Alvin Schwartz children's books, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Now, if you haven't read Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, I mean, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what's wrong with you? You need to read those books. They're amazing. <laughs> Um, even if you're not really a horror person, I still think you should give it a read. Because some of the stories are more hilarious than, um, you know, scary, at least to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like we said, this is based on the famous Alvin Schwartz books. And um, all of the monster designs, for the most part, are based on the drawings Ill- of... I don't, I, don't know, I don't remember the illustrator's name. Oh, it's a Stephen Gamble. Stephen Gamble. Yeah. Um, this movie came out in 2019. So, yeah, pretty recent, about two years ago. Mm-hmm. But... Um, we really appreciate it. So basic synopsis of the film, um, it centers around this young girl named Stella and uh, her friends um, Chuck and Augie, who are basically outcasts. St- the whole thing with Stella is that her mom left when she was very young and she's just living with her father in, don't remember the city, but it's 1968, so you know it's during the time Nixon and Humphrey, the election, when all that was going down. Yeah, I think the name of the town is like, Mill Valley, which Mill is located Valley. in Pennsylvania. And so they go out Halloween one night and they go visit this haunted house, which used to belong to Sarah Bellows, who mm-hmm. was this weird girl with a weird history of writing scary stories. She supposedly haunts the house. Right. And um, her family, like, weirdly disappeared on, on all that. There's a huge mystery about what happened to them. So. They go into the house, and she steals the book, like dumb teens do in horror movies. And um, she tells her to read her story. And the rest of the movie, she tells stories. And a lot of them, <laughs> most of them, there are a few that like are kind of loosely adapted from the books. But most of them yeah. follow, are derivative from the original Scary Stories books with their you know, slight little movie twist on them. Right. And the rest of the film is pretty much them trying to, I guess, like, undo this curse, I guess you call it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you call it a curse, but, like, just undo Sarah Bellows' work here. Yeah. In the book. Um, and set everything back to normal. Um, so, one thing I really love about the movie is the monster designs. Um, yeah. The fact that it they look so much like the illustrations. It's really good. You can tell... There was a lot of passion behind it, and when you watch the behind the scenes of the film, they're very like, they were very like keen on getting all the details right from the illustrations. They wanted to yes. stay true to the original source material, and when you watch the movie, like, yeah, you can tell they really went all out to make them look as yeah. close to the book as possible. I mean, specifically the the Harold sequence. Yeah, Harold which and is, the Pale Lady are my two favorites. Right, and they really are. I mean, probably the most full fledged adaptations of the illustrations from the book the herald is absolutely i actually think the herald's absolutely terrifying in real Just, life yeah like he's <laughs> like because one thing this movie does really well is the suspense building around all of the mm-hmm. stories and like harold's reveal and the way he walks is yeah. chillingly unnerving <laughs> <laughs> it's really good and like he doesn't walk that fast but it's so like realistic and how like a living yeah yeah walk, so it's kind of cool. and then the pale lady i mean she really kind of is just like exactly like the illustration but of course in like a 3d format so i I don't know i think to your point like you can definitely tell that there was a lot of care paid towards paying homage to these books which really kind of helped to influence you know the the storyline so and even then like there's if 
like because there's only a few book stories that they're in this movie. There is, but there are a few references to the other stories. Yeah, like when Stella, there's a part where she's flipping through the pages, and you can see like the Wendigo and the monkey's paw, right? And all those other scary stories, which are all you know other stories within the collection. So if you've if you've never read the book series, like Mr. A said, it it really is a very good book series, and it's actually for children. It's actually for elementary age children. And considering like they're pushing the envelope in terms of what was appropriate for little children. I mean, I I mean most of the stories. I can get it, but there are a few I'm like, wow, that was made for little kids. <laughs> um, I always loved the Alvin Schwartz books, and there's even a another book that he wrote that's actually for like first and second graders, and it's called In a Dark Dark Room, and it's got a little bit more tamer horror stories for sure than what the Scary Stories series are. But it's a it's a it's a compilation of three books. That, like I said, you should check it out. But kind of talking about like what they kind of use in the in the film. That's actually what I found really interesting being a Scary Stories fan. So the first story, which is kind of the Cerebello story, is loosely based on the haunted house story, which is in the first book, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. But it's extremely loose. So like Mr. A said, some of these are going to be like very loosey-goosey. Some of them are going to be almost kind of like... And some, of, and some of them, like, you know, for instance, the red spot is in this. Like, it, yeah. it has the basics down pat, yeah. but the overall story behind it is very different. Right, but, I mean, it pretty much is the exact same thing. So the red spot is another story, which is actually in the third book. Which I feel like quite a bit of the story speech in this, in this one are from the third book. They're either from the third or the first. Yeah. Yeah, so the Haunted House one... The Herald, which is from the third book, which I think is called... The Chill Your Bones. Scary story, more scary stories to yeah, chill your bones. Right, exactly. Um, and then The Dream, which is where the pale lady actually comes from. And in, and that one is definitely more like a loose adaptation because it's it's really just the, the pale lady and what Chuck says he hears before he sees this pale lady in his dream. That's called The Dream, and that is from the third book. And then I think the what's funny is the Mitai Doti Walker. Yeah, that one's like not at all. No. Like <laughs> and that's the one part of the film that I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know about that. I um, mean, I mean, there's like one part in the scene. Like one. That's like based on the Mitai Doti Walker story, but everything barely. else is like, no, that's not yeah. what happened. Now, uh, not to say that I don't think that the jangly man I think that's what they call him I mean he is creepy oh he is creepy and terrifying as all hell so but that his character is really not and in I think contortionist contortionist Troy James who appeared on America's Got Talent portrays him oh wow really yeah he does really well I kind of wish that they kept more of the practical stuff because if you look behind the scenes there was a lot more practical shots used and it's really uh, impressive but quite a bit of it is CG which is unfortunate oh, wow. but all the practical stuff yeah it's really good oh wow so, that's neat I think um, he really sold the character of the Jangly Man. Um, and I think the other thing about this 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 film is again the care that is taken to really kind of give you a sense of the books. It was well prior to it actually kind of you know settling in and being what it was. Initially, Guillermo del Toro was attached to direct the project, but then he like got pushed down to the story, right? Right. And the directing helm was given to Andre Obrega, I believe. Or yeah. Am I pronouncing his name? Right? I, I, I no am clue. sure. Yeah, that's. And um, his two most notable works are The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which uh, came out in 2016, and Troll Hunter, which uh, are which is 2010. both excellent, excellent films. Troll Hunters is kind of a weird movie. And when I first, like, when you hear, like, a movie called Troll Hunters, you're like, really? I mean, it is a kid's Netflix show. It's now. kind of 
sounds silly, but watching it, it actually was really, really good. And then the autopsy of Jane Doe, oh, just excellent with Emile Hirsch and Brian Cox. Maybe we can talk about it someday. But so I actually didn't realize that he had directed those two. So once I actually was doing our research um, for this episode and found that I was like, oh, my gosh, like. I think I thought that he did a really well job of kind of directing the entire film and just giving it that that feel. And I think what I really like about the 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 film is all of the character actors. It's a young group of people. Yeah. I don't really recognize many of them, and I kind of liked that. I found that they were very refreshing. I actually felt like they I mean, knew each other and they had a camaraderie with one another. Here's the thing with me about these characters. Um, if you've ever seen it chapter one, which you should. It's a really good horror movie. Um, quite a little bit, quite a lot of the characters in that one, the kid actors, are very one-dimensional in terms of their arc. Um, like there's the jock trope, there's the geek trope, oh, there's right. the nerd trope. But the thing is, they play it so well that you kind of bypass the fact that right. they are just so one note. And that's the same thing with these characters. Like they do have kind of one note personality traits, but like I they, guess, yeah. they play them so well and I guess authentically would be the word. Yeah. And that you don't really, they don't really care that much. Especially the standout performance for me is Zoe Margaret Coletti as Stella. Yeah. Who, she's a really good, really good young actress. I love um, her. Yeah, yeah she's, she's great. She really, she, I mean, it, she's the, I, I, I would say she's the main character in the story and she really drives you and you really are kind of are with her in trying to understand and stop this from occurring to her friends. Um, you know, the bad things that happened to her friend Chuck and the bad things that happened to her friend Augie. And I even like the relationship between her and Ramon. It's kind of a little bit romantic. It's like, a, I think it's more like a close friendship. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's like a close friendship that could be a romance, but they're not quite there. Right, yet. yeah. But they are very close friends. Yeah, that's a good point. Another thing I love, again, the movie is very, very faithful to the whole feel of the scary stories down the dark. Like, because scary stories as a whole, it is scary, but it definitely, like, has its limits like it doesn't go full in on the scare factor and I feel like this does that really well the balance of that and again lots of references to the original source material um they keep playing the hearse song over and over yes day. like they don't sing the lyrics most of the time except for that one part of the movie I think towards the middle of the film when they visit um Sarah oh, right um but it's like it's a nice little nod if you know the story and you know the thing. You're like, hey, I know that her song. That's yeah, cool. and I think that most people actually know the her song. You just don't know that you know the her song. And <laughs> I think it's actually in one of the books. The lyrics are in there because I think there's more to it than just the only part I know from that is the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. That's pretty much all I know. <laughs> Which, by the way, like, if you actually pay attention to the lyrics, those are some really disturbing lines <laughs> for, like, a kid's book. They are, but, I mean, I don't know if that song was adapted from, like, other folk songs. And, you know, folk songs, for the most part, are kind of, they're kind of creepy. I mean, think about Ring Around the Roses and what that truly means. That's a children's song. Right. And that was about the plague. So, you know, I, I think I that... guess it's just all about, like, how it's being said and portrayed rather than the substance yeah. behind it. I think what I like, too, about the scary stories and, and just the horror genre in, in particular, but, I mean, I think it's, it's just that reality that, you know, we are all going to face death at one point or another. And I think that's what I really liked about this uh, scary stories when I was a kid. It's like one of the first books that really kind of talks about ghosts and death and <laughs> corpses. And I don't know, there's something kind of 
it's unusual, but it's also kind of, I think, a good introduction to kind of those kind of to, to those kind of things, to have, being um, able to talk about that. To add on to what you just said, um, another thing I really appreciate about the movie, which may sound weird, is that it's very, very disturbing at some points, and you kind of forget that it's rated PG thirteen. Yes. Um, which I actually really appreciate. I like that it kind of like it doesn't go half ass in terms of like what. 13 year olds or higher can witness at right. that age because there is a quite a lot of disturbing stuff and particularly in particular there's this bully named Tommy in the story who becomes victim of Harold uh, and oh my god his death was like oh my is this rated PG-13 yeah like, it's I mean borderline R to me it was yeah the, I actually like that that part where Tommy kind of turns into he which, turns into something which is again like what kind of happened at the end of the Harold book right kind of well yeah, kind of, sort of, like, the, the, the end of the Herald book is probably a little bloodier than what happens in the movie. But, like, to your point, like, I, it was it's it's a very disturbing image. I was very surprised it was a PG-13 rating, considering some of the other films that end up not getting a PG-13 rating. But, I mean, there, there really isn't an excessive amount of gore when we put it in, like, a blood perspective or... Like, well, there's a, there is a decapitation, huh? I just thought about that right now. I, but it's not a lot of gore, I think, the way that we normally look at horror films. So I don't know if that's the reason why it got the PG-13 rating. But in any way, like, I like it because I think it's like, this is a good introduction for your kid to the world of horror. I, yeah, like, I agree. I think this would be the perfect movie to start with to kind of get like, okay, are you going to want to watch more horror movies or this is too much for you? If it's too much for you <laughs> on this movie, maybe don't. Maybe just don't. Maybe horror is not your genre. <laughs> but if they can handle it and they're fine and they enjoy it, then maybe show them a few other ones. Maybe work your way up from there. Yeah. So this is a, a good film for horror noobs. I like that. I no, I think, I think that's a really good point. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that I would definitely... Uh, well, I would have loved to see this if I was a kid myself, just just reading the books. But, you know, again, to your point, like that introduction into the genre. And if, if they can't handle this, then, then horror is not for them. No, it really is not. It's only going to get way worse from there. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I felt like the overall film, it, it, it the story, it plays very well. I didn't really have an issue with the story. I didn't feel it was particularly weak. I didn't feel like it was super duper strong. I but it was entertaining. And again, like just the amount of love and dedication to the original source material is I, I really appreciate it. Because I mean sometimes when people are adapting books it can feel like eh, I don't know about that. And I, I liked the book a lot better. But this one, like, I felt like okay, they this is a love letter to all scary stories fans. Yeah. Out like this is not spoiling the ending, but it does leave it open for a sequel, which I am all for, like, after that movie. Yeah, and it sounds like they're going to make a sequel, yeah, they are, right? Yeah, I think they are. They're in the works of making another movie. So, yeah, that would be really cool to see. Uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see what other stories they incorporate right. from. Because, again, the... a lot of the um, those stories in this are from 3 and 1, which, I mean, they're, they're yeah. leaving out the second book. And there's really only six stories that they touch upon in this film, you know, a period from from the books and even then like six. two out of six of them are really really loose <laughs> like yeah extremely exactly right so so it will be really interesting to kind of see what do they adapt in previous ones now one or now, i mean in, in subsequent ones one comparison i want to make here it might sound a little weird at first but um i want to make a comparison with this movie and another movie that came out before which is kind of similar that came out in 2016 goosebumps which was oh. starred jack black as rl stein which 
if you watch these two back to back, they kind of have the same concept in terms of the books coming to life yeah. and wreaking havoc on everyday oh, people. Oh yeah, that's true. But um, it's interesting to see how I feel like with scary stories, it's like it's taking the concept of the Goosebumps movie and like fully realizing it and fully realizing that these are horror monsters. Because the thing with the Goosebumps movie is that it's definitely more of a, a comedy. Yes. Like, I don't think it's scary at all. In no, any capacity. not one bit. I uh, it's mostly the monsters are played up for laughs rather than scares. Yes. But this one, they are not funny. No, no, all not at all. Not funny. They are disturbing and they are horrible and they're horrifying and they know it. Yeah, and I, I think you feel the anxiety with these kids as they're trying to figure out how the hell to stop this. That's another thing. Like, these kids, they're really good at being terrified yeah. beyond belief. And, like, I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so bad for him. Like, even, I do. Even the bully Tommy, like, he's an a-hole. But, like, you kind of feel bad for his fate. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I guess he he deserves something terrible, but like not I'm like not 100 sure. Not, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. That he deserved what he ended up getting. And kids, they again, it's half of it is just how good they play their roles, um, because they they make them so like likable and like they really make them feel like human. And yeah. When the, the bad things do happen to them, you're kind of like, oh, that sucks. Yeah, I think with this film, I felt a little bit like I felt when. Because none of them deserve, for the most part, what happens to them, you know. So you actually really kind of feel for the protagonists in the film. Uh, you know, Stella doesn't deserve what happens to her friends Chuck or Augie. Well, none of them really deserve any of it. So there is a little bit of, like, again, I think you being able to really identify with their characters. Because it's like, this isn't fair. This is bullshit. Why are they having to deal with all of these things? It's the way I felt, like, when I watched, like, Drag Me to Hell or some other some other horror movies where it's just like, God damn it, this is not cool. Like, And so you really, really want to see them find a way out, try to save themselves. Um, and you're kind of getting pissed off at Sarah Bellows, <laughs> or at least I was, the character of Sarah Bellows. Like, what the hell is your problem? I get the feeling that they're trying to make her, like, sympathetic in some way. But, like, I don't know. It's a little too harsh to make me, like, feel too, too bad about it. There is a tragedy behind Sarah Bellows. Uh, there but... is eventually that you find out. But I still was kind of like, <laughs> you're still kind of a... Meanie poo for doing yeah, what you did. You're being very rude. You're being very rude. <laughs> being very rude. Stop it. Um, another thing I like about the film, it's a bit of a minor note, but I do want to give my appreciation for it, is the embracing of the time period. I feel like with certain movies that take place in like the 70s or the 80s or the 90s, they sometimes forget that it does take place in that time period because they have certain things and certain like objects or places that are like wait that wasn't in the 80s and 90s what are you talking about <laughs> this is not what are you doing are you losing track of where you are in certain days and time but this one no it's it's full in on the the late 60s going into the early 70s with all the the <laughs> tricky nixon knock talk and yeah. um there's a reference to a, a george foreman fight that happened mm -hmm. when they're in the um records which yeah is, that's cool and the vietnam war so i actually think that that kind of lends a bit of aura to the film in that you have a time period that's just a little we're unsure about what is happening in the world and what's going on in the United States. Which I guess is fitting because the kids don't know what the exactly, hell's going on with these exactly. So I think it actually really fits with creating the mood of what's going on. And of course, you know, if you've listened to podcasts before from us, I I love period pieces. So I, I loved that kind of historical context that was kind of 
weaved within the story and the characters and and the music is really good too i like all the pieces that they use in this film they i think the opening song opening song is season of the witch by donovan which yeah it's amazing we absolutely love that song yeah i think they used it in paranorman didn't they uh yeah they didn't like use the exact song but like they sang a that's right cover cover of it so yeah it was really good but again even the uh, orchestrations that they use in the film yeah. are also pretty nice. They're not like super flamboyant as like say the It movies, which are like over the top dark or over right. the top like whimsical. They're just very subdued and they're they allow the scene and the scares to kind of like take center stage. Which Absolutely, I like. a film needs a good soundtrack, but the soundtrack can't like overshadow everything else. Right, then you're taken away from the meaning of the scene. And what yeah, no, I think that it. the music lends itself very well to the film. I didn't look up who the composer was for. For the music in this film but yeah i think that it, he, they did a really good job of again help, having the music kind of create the ambiance having the setting kind of create the ambiance and really allowing the characters to then kind of fully develop themselves within the film uh to to make it just a really good horror movie yeah so overall why we recommend this in my opinion it's just again like we said like a great starter to the yeah. horror genre like this is the good movie to be like okay what is horror about like what is in it and am i ready for it right if you're watching this movie and you're answering no to all of them then just don't (laughs) just don't but still like we recommend it just because of just how much they cared for the original source material of scary stories not that i have anything against again like i said before goosebumps but at certain like it did definitely for me because i've read a lot of the goosebumps books i'm a huge i was a huge fan there's a campy there's a campy feel about the goosebumps which Mm -hmm. i guess the books did have a sort of campy they do yeah but this one scary stories like the feel the tone and the monsters themselves and the artwork and the visuals like they they feel like scary stories yeah i definitely i to your point like they're not it's not campy at all this is horror this is true horror and what i like about it again like you said like it's horror without being bloody and gory which right is something i'm gonna go on a little bit of rant here but something i don't like about slashers like I yeah. feel like the appeal of slashers is the gore behind it which is supposed to make it scary and all the ways they die which like is fine but like it's it's way too one note of a scary tactic like i don't find it that particularly scary i much would rather admire a film for the actual like the scare of it the scare factor of it like again a walking scarecrow or like a corpse that's missing its toe or like a red spot that's turning into a bunch of spiders like right i like that kind of horror a lot better than just oh look at that people are dying bloods and guts i i think at least for us you know and i i'm i'm i'll i'll be i'll be the first person to admit i'm not a huge slasher horror Guru, I love horror films, but I'm not like a, I'm not for the body count. I don't really care about that. I do like a compelling villain that I find interesting. And so, you know, for example, I think like, like the Mike Myers in the new Halloween franchises, I actually do find him interesting, but I think it's because of the relationship that he has with Laurie and kind of what's going on there. And like, he's like, he's not just some like faceless killer who can't be stopped he's just going around stabbing people with yeah guns, which yeah so i think to your point like we're not i'm not i don't think i don't think either of us are huge slasher fans not, not that we don't understand if you like that absolutely for no of them. course not. i mean it's a huge part of the horror genre and a lot of people love that body count but it's definitely not the kind of horror that I, i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna go out and 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 see like <laughs> 
all the time. I'm definitely more like you. Like I like the story. Right. I like the feel. I like the I I like the psychology behind it. I like the horror behind it. And to your point, that like scare element, that jump factor. Like I I'm always impressed when you can get me to be like, oh, you know. <laughs> and all things considered, like even if you've watched a lot of horror movies, the jump scares might seem a little lame because I mean they're well built up, but like the actual jump scares themselves. If you've seen a bunch of horror movies, they're like, oh, ah, no, this happened. is. But like if you're a starter, they're really good jump scares. Yeah. They're really mm-hmm. good. They're well built up. And Very clever. They don't like overstay their welcome with like, exactly. the Exactly. <sighs> yeah. So yeah, this movie, it's so well made. The artistry is really good. The, yeah. A general a love letter to Scary Stories fans is really good. And again, amazing kid actors. Like they're really, really yeah. good. I'm not gonna act like they're Oscar worthy, but like they are really, no, they good, do a really in good terms job. of what their yeah what their role is and what they're supposed to be yeah like they really make you want to go on the journey with them and you want to see them you know survive and make it so i and i think that's always hard to really get yourself incorporated with the the characters in the story and the kids do a really good job in this in this film and then you know if you watch this film and you've never read the book series read the book series because they're really really good and they're super duper short like they are really short most of them are like one page two pages long they're still like really, really good. Yeah, they really are. They 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 kind of hold. At the longest, the like a story will go on for like five, six pages, but that's maybe. It. that's like the max yeah. limit. Yeah, maybe. And it definitely stands the test of time. I I think it's always. I I personally really am glad I I found them when I was younger. I think that's what really allowed me to kind of fall in love with the horror genre and then continue to explore like what Mr. A said. So read them, check them out. They're really cool. Um, if you don't read them, at least watch this movie because it, it truly is a good uh, homage to, to those books. And like, if you're watching the movie and you're like, man, I, I wonder what the book is like, yeah, please, go read the book. Yeah, go you're, read it. You're going to have a fun read with those. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a great new movie. I know it's recent, but it's still, it's a really good movie and it's quickly becoming a favorite of ours. Yeah, we were talking about I, 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 I don't know why I didn't realize it was barely released in 2019. For some reason in my head, I had it like, oh, it was released like... Maybe because 2020 was so miserable I and think long, so. that like, it feels like an eternity since that yeah. movie came out. So I was kind of surprised at how new it is. And we were talking about, you know, I hope someday we could see it as a, a maze at like a Halloween Horror Nights. Or like, a, you know, not Scary Farm or something like that. Like I don't think not cool. Scary Farm does like... Yeah, I know, but like you get what I'm yeah. saying. Like, yeah, that would be really neat to just see those like illustrations come to life. The pale lady. I don't even know if I would be okay if I saw the pale lady <laughs> or Harold the Scarecrow, but um, it would just be neat. So, yeah, solid horror movie. Great love letter to the books. And again, if you're not a huge horror fan, like check it out. This will be your good yeah. t- test to see if you yeah. like the horror genre. If you're not a huge, if not, and a huge if fan. you like this one, then listen to our podcast about Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Because that kind of ups the notch a little bit from a gore factor, but it also is funny too. Yeah. So. Which yeah, it's kind of like this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, highly recommend this movie. And Kate, where can you find Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? So it's currently streaming on Hulu, YouTube, and Amazon Prime. If you have a premium subscription, um, unfortunately, it is not available for rent anywhere. So. Thank you for listening to the Popcorn and Nacho podcast. And we'll be talking more films you should see ASAP. Hey everybody, this is Kate. If you like listening to our episodes, then go ahead and check out our Instagram account at popcornnacho, which is just one word, or go ahead and take a look at our new website, which is popcornnacho.wordpress.com. Feel free to drop us a line, let us know some of your favorite films that we may need to watch, and also feel free to leave 
recommendations regarding movies we should go ahead and take a look at and review on our podcast. Thanks. Thanks.